confidence and concerns. It's cons and cons here on The Drive. Uh, and Graham, sitting in for Dennis today, will be uh, joining us for this exercise. What up? <laughs> that's the that's the Graham introduction. What up? Uh, so we have Wake Forest, UNC, NC State, and Duke, the four teams from North Carolina and the ACC. We're talking basketball as it's that time of year. Uh, what are we most com- what are we most confident in? What are we most concerned about? As always, I have good news and bad news. Which do you want first? You always pick the bad news. Graham, what are you most concerned about? We'll start with Wake Forest. What are you most concerned about when it comes to the Demon Deacons? My concern? Wake isn't getting what it wants at the center position. Mm. Not so far in what we've seen this season. Of course, they got Efton Reed back. He's back He's an eligible, eligible seven-footer. Yep. Had to deal with some NCAA issues. Eligibility, of course. If, not, if he would not, have waited, not something big. Like, if he would have waited another week, he, he would have been uh, allowed just like everybody else with the uh, the two-time transfer waiver temporary restraining order. But he was actually named eligible by waiver before that rule was waived. That's true. We could have had one big triangle welcome party for yep. these players. He's been eligible for three games. He scored 12 against Rutgers in his first game and has scored two points since. He had 14 rebounds against Rutgers. But I mean, so far, Wake Forest is holding their own, and we'll get to that in our confidence. But in order to take that next step into the season, I think they need more out of their center position in Reed. E- easily their most productive big has been 6'9", Andrew Carr. Um, but he, you're right. They, I mean, they have a couple 6'10-plus guys on their roster. Uh, Reed is rebounding okay. Um, Reed which, is rebounding. Which which he might be able to lean on a bit more as his offense gets figured out. But, I mean, to, to play devil's advocate on your concern, they've got you know four or five guys that are scoring a lot of points. And it might be like, hey, we need you to protect the rim and rebound and then let Hildreth and Carr and Salas and you let these other guys go score the buckets. But uh, trust me, I mean, I don't think any coach has ever said our centers are scoring too much, too much, right? Because they're usually shooting pretty high percentages based on where they are on the, on the floor. Uh, my concern, and this was my concern last week for him, and I'm going to ride it until it's it's untrue. Close games. Okay. They have not won a game by single digits. They are 7-3 and three on the year, 7-0 and oh in games decided by 10 points or more, and 0-3 oh and by games decided by 9 points or less. Uh, and that includes at least one, one overtime game. So that is a concern in and of itself. You want to uh, win the early one or win the games that are close early in the season so you know you can, right? There's only so much – uh, practice where the coach is like, put two minutes on the clock. It's a four-point game. The the black practice jerseys are down, are down, and the the white practice jerseys are are ahead. Go like we're gonna play it out with refs. That you don't you don't get the same vibe. So um, I think they need to get a little bit more comfortable in those close games. Win a couple of them, and there'll be plenty of opportunities. Right, games in the ACC are notoriously competitive. Uh, so I just want to make sure they prove they can win those close games. And until they do, I'll be concerned by it. What are you confident about when it comes to Wake? My confidence, Wake Forest is beginning to go on a roll against 7-3 overall, 6-0 at home right now. You're, and you're right there with teams right down the road, Duke, North Carolina, NC State. An overall record. Yep. An overall record. Just and they played a decent non-conference schedule, as you mentioned. Some of those games have been tough losses and single digits. But your opponents in those non-conference games, Georgia, Utah, LSU, and Florida, that'll go a long way in ACC play. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, it's tough to ju- – it's not apples to apples right now looking at records, uh, right? Set, uh, not every 7-3 and three is built the same. 
UNC, I mean, they're in the middle of a stretch of playing five of six games against ranked opponents. That that's so their their seven and three might be different than someone else's seven and three. Uh, just looking at, at strength of record. Once they get into the ACC and they start playing more common opponents, I think we'll get a better feel for that. Uh, my confidence is Hildreth. You need players you can depend on, and and he's one of them. Now that's not to say he's going to score thirty every game, although he does have some big scoring nights. It's it's he scored in double digits in every game except one. He's shooting fifty two percent from the field and thirty nine point four percent from three. He's efficient and and he's he's getting it done game in and game out. Uh, now obviously it's going to be nice if he puts up a you know twenty seven burger every now and then, but if you can depend on him for you know fourteen on efficient shooting spacing with the three. That helps out everybody. That helps out, like you said, the centers down low, right? If, if uh, you can't help off of one of the guys on the perimeter, that gives them more space to cook down low. It gives Andrew Carr more space to cook. Salas can uh, drive to the bucket. Like, there's just a lot of of uh, there's a lot of close uh, or a lot of production that can built can be built. I'm going to say this all over again. There's a lot of production that can be built off of a consistently productive perimeter score and that's what Hildreth is giving them uh that's Wake Forest cons and cons here on the drive with Tim Donnelly ACC basketball edition University of North Carolina they were in the three spot the the bronze medalist in our podium so they're up next uh Graham what are you concerned about when it comes to to UNC my concern and I know he's a freshman 17 year old but production out of Elliot Cadeau hmm with the preseason height that we were kind of here about when he first committed to North Carolina, just feels like we should be seeing more than just an average of 6.7 points per game and 1.5 rebounds per game. But who's to say he doesn't have, let's say, a Marcus Page career where Ooh. all of a sudden he comes together in one of these like Christmas-type games, such as tonight as they welcome Oklahoma in the Jumpman Invitational. But and then, he, and then he makes a shot that he thinks wins the national championship? Oh, Tim. I'm, you brought it up. I mean, what am I supposed to do here? I, I guess I did set you up for, for the <laughs> slam dunk there. He thought it was going to win the championship. It was an unbelievable – by the way, that shot, in all seriousness, by Marcus Page is one of the most underrated shots in NCAA history. Uh, anyway, continue. But, again, I keep saying Harrison Ingram, R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting out of those guys right now. Cormac Ryan from time to time when he's knocking down threes looks great, but I'm waiting for that, really, I'm waiting for that guy to really take the next step in production and be an X-factor – coming off the bench for North Carolina in the starting role. And for me, I feel like it's going to be Elliot Cadeau. So I'm just waiting to see him take that next step. But right now my concern is that he's just still working through the freshman the freshman kinks a little bit. My concern, and, and this is one that I'm struggling how to, how to describe, I'm calling it Armando Baycott in the regular season. Armando Baycott, I was looking it up. Uh, he's played in 142 games at the University of North Carolina. I think the 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 regular like he's gonna have to work to get his energy up. He's because uh, you brought it up yesterday, right during uh, uh, Copper Drop. Armando Baycott hasn't been as productive as we're used to seeing, and he's had some you know nine and six games, some single digit scoring games, which we're we're not used to seeing. I'm I'm wondering if right everybody has this extra year of eligibility and he's played forever, and he's been one of the guys few of this generation that keep electing to come back to school when you could be making at least really good money overseas, if not trying to hang on to an NBA roster. Armando Baycott in the regular season is going to have to get his aggression back, and I'm a little concerned about that. Can, can I add an extra concern for of, North of Carolina? Course, hey, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to hammer Elliott Cadeau too much. Again, he is a freshman. 
big picture for but, the but team. But, I, I mean, there are teams that depend on freshmen. Like, there are teams that, uh, hey, if you're not figuring it out, we're going to be in trouble. And Cadeau, I mean, he's – I believe their best five is when he's running the show. Most teams also rely on rebounding. Mm-hmm. And North Carolina is struggling with that right now, both on the offensive and defensive glass. And what's, what's classic Carolina basketball? Running the floor in transition and rebounding. Yep. And so Being far, better athletes than everybody else. Pretty much. Just having size and speed. And so far, that's one thing North Carolina's been lacking in a couple of these games is their, is their rebound production. What are you confident in when it comes to North Carolina? I'm confident Harrison Ingram. Mm. I know some might make the argument that R.J. Davis is the best player. but Some with, might. Someone might make it in about 30 seconds. But with Ingram's size as a 6.7 forward, he is the front court impact for Hubert Davis. And Davis is used to having players such as Ingram with Brady Manick and Pete Nance at that position in the transfer portal in the last two seasons. So Harrison Ingram is the real deal. I like what I've seen out of him so far. He's been a great addition to North Carolina. And I think he can just keep – he's going to keep the production going. I can't wait to see what he does in some of these big ACC matchups coming up in the season. Some might argue the confidence should be R.J. Davis. I tried not to overthink this one. I, I went R.J. Davis. Uh He's scoring essentially 25-plus in every game over this difficult stretch on their uh, on their schedule. And, I'm, again, I'm trying not to overthink it. Right? I'm trying not to be too cute with my selection. If you have a guy that's playing like an All-American, that's probably what you're confident in. Uh, and he's playing like an All-American. If he keeps up the production level that he's on, he's going to be in the mix for all the postseason accolades. And and rightfully so. right? He should be because he's he's playing lights out. Uh, so, R.J. Davis. And, and – is that a little bit of Harrison Ingram, you know, doing the dirty work so Davis can shine? Yeah. Is that a little bit of maybe Armando Baycott is uh, teams are still focusing on him, so his dip in production means uh, there's more opportunity for Davis? Sure. Like, it's a team sport, but, man, R.J. Davis is looking good at times. He's taking over games at times, and and, and I'm confident in it. Uh, NC State is next up on the list. Uh, we'll start with concerns, as we always do. Graham, take it away. My concern, NC State basketball might be losing their fan base a little bit. And what I mean by this is not many fans have been wanting to attend their non-conference games that they play. And I get they're small games, but that's the risk you kind of pull when you schedule these games against a Charleston Southern, a UT Martin, St. Louis, and Detroit at home. It also hurts when you play these decent non-conference games such as a BYU, uh, Tennessee this past weekend. Ole Miss was another one. Old Miss, well, that was part of just the ACC-SEC challenge, so I'm not really going to count that one. But these neutral site games, fans can't get to. Um, Yeah, the neutral site, I, I agree with that. The neutral so site maybe games, there is that one guy in the overalls, though. He, he gets after it. He does. He travels to almost all of them. Maybe just to <laughs> dumb it down as a whole, my concern might just be NC State's non-conference schedule. Okay. Um, my concern is the constant need to integrate and, and assimilate new faces, new pieces. Um. At the beginning of the year, it was all about uh, they had a whole bunch of new transfers. Then MJ Rice came back. Uh, MJ Rice is still working his way back. I don't think his role right now, having played, you know, essentially, what is it, 39 minutes across his first three games, I don't think that is going to be his role moving forward. So that role will continue to change and need to be mixed in. Uh, Cam Woods is back since the NCAA decided that they weren't going to enforce or were forced by the courts to not enforce their their two-time transfer waiver rules. So if you're a team that's trying to build chemistry and every time you're getting close, another new player is being thrown in there and going, oh, you thought that was your role? It's actually this guy's role. Oh, you thought you were going to play these minutes? Some of them are going to have to go to this guy. 
Uh, and MJ Rice and Cam Woods are two guys you need to bring in to that to that game. Uh, it's not like you can just ignore them. So I, I'm concerned by the fact that they have to continue working in new 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 pieces and new faces consistently and, and constantly as their season's gone along. Well, see, part of my confidence is the new faces hey. that they brought in this season. I think they have might they might have one of their most athletic rosters as far as fitting Kevin Keats's system, which is moving the ball quickly up the court in transition and relying on success from the three-point shooting. You bring back Casey Morsell. You add guys such as DJ Horn, who, by the way, reminds me a lot of Cat Barber. MJ Rice, Cam Woods just now getting back into the mix. You know what you're going to get out of DJ, DJ Burns, the big guy down low. Don't be surprised if at some point this season, if NC State really starts to mesh, they figure out the chemistry and they figure out their rotations in the lineup. If you don't see that, don't be surprised if you start seeing NC State run some teams off the court. Run some teams off the court. I'm, uh, I'm putting up a lot. I'm putting some high stakes in NC State. And that's sometimes that's where they tend to let me down, but I'm going to stick by it for right now. My confidence is DJ, aka 3J Horn. Uh, I think it's a desperate need for this roster, the way they've constructed it, to get spacing and to have shooters on the floor. Uh, MJ Rice, he's going to be able to get to the bucket and do some things. You know DJ Burns needs his spacing because he's the big guy in the middle. Uh, I think they need shooters, and they knew it. That's why they brought in the particular brand of transfers that they brought in, a lot of guys that had shot well their previous spots. And and uh, 3J Horn is starting to knock him down at a pretty high clip, and if he does that consistently – it could be really, really important for that team. Uh, and lastly, they have a big game tonight against Baylor. And, and by the way, uh, North Carolina is a big game against Oklahoma tonight also. NC State has a game against St. Louis. Still a big game, but maybe not as ranked as, as the other two I mentioned. Uh, Duke, ahead of their, their contest against Baylor tonight, what are you concerned with? My concern, Duke still has some unknowns to work through. What I mean by that is that in a couple of these losses, when Tyrese Proctor hasn't been at his best, mm-hmm. Duke overall as a team, hasn't been at their best. They also are still trying to find that one spark coming off the bench. I know Caleb Foster's looked good at times, but he's a freshman. And as you mentioned, some teams really rely on freshman play to boost their team. Duke shouldn't rely on that with all the manpower they brought back this year. And also, I'm still waiting to see somebody take over Derek Lively's role from last season as far as defensive efficiency, especially at the rim, getting defensive defensive rebounds. And and they might not have that guy. We've talked about that one. I don't know unless Filipowski wants to go do it. The you know everybody else is in that kind of six nine six eight range rather than you know seven foot plus. Uh, my con- my concern for Duke and I've said this time and time again. We're going to talk about it leading into the, the Baylor game. It's their edge. It's it's you know hockey. They could tend to call it sandpaper, right? Like who's who's their guy that's a little rough? Who's their guy that's going to get mad? Who they they all seem like great players, very talented players. They have all the physical tools. But, you know, I don't think any – they were the, the ones that were protected by their enforcers at every other step of, of the, the, the way. So where's their edge? And I've been worried about that, and I'm going to continue to be worried about that. What are you confident in? My confidence, Duke is an ACC championship contending team. After all, Shire returned four starters from last season. ACC championship squad already, including Tyrese Proctor and four Kyle, Kyle Filipowski – we all know about the preseason first-team All-American honors that they received. Mm-hmm. And then you factor in Jeremy Roach, kind of the the, the vet the vet of mm-hmm. this team, the safety net, who started in Duke's 22 Final Four run. And this kind of just seems like a no-brainer. When you have these caliber players that you return, you add in Jeremy Roach, who has experience of being on a Final Four team. 
why not win another ACC championship, ACC tournament championship? My confidence is Kyle Filipowski's skill. I, I feel like because of what you said, nobody's nobody's replaced Derek Lively, and because of what I said, I still think they're missing some uh, some grit, some some orneriness. Uh, I think sometimes it feels like we're piling on Kyle Filipowski. Like, you got to protect the rim. You got to be meaner. You, you got to do this. You got to do that. And and I don't want to overlook the fact that a you know, guy, guy has the ability to put up a 28-12-8 stat line like he did uh, in, in not too long ago. He's he's a big guy that can handle on the perimeter. He's a big guy that can shoot on the perimeter. And he's seven feet, and, he, and he'll dunk on you too. Uh, so I, I want to give him credit for for the skill that he shows. Uh, and not not overlook that because there's a few parts that we're, we're asking more of. Uh, the Drive at Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. That's Cons and Cons, ACC Basketball Edition. Uh, let's talk a little signing day, University of North Carolina. University of North Carolina is, is in a really weird place right now, right? Th- this is a tough, challenging signing day for them. Because how do you win and create buzz to play on your team the year after the year that was supposed to be the year, right? This past year was supposed to be the year that you made a college football playoff dark horse run, that you had uh, you know, a Heisman contender in Drake May. You brought in Tez Walker, right? All of this was supposed to lead to, build up to this past year. So now how do you get everybody to buy in for next year? They're doing it. Right, they're they're doing it. Their out of high school recruiting ranking right now is 26th overall in the country according to 247 Sports, and I'll update that. Yes, 26th in the country. That's that's pretty darn important. That's one spot ahead of NC State and out of high school recruiting. Uh, obviously, you bring in the transfers, and it kind of flips there. But North Carolina is finding a way to make it happen. Um, and ironically, they're they're going heavy Georgia. I don't. I, I always like the pipelines and usually there's, you know, some assistant coach that has some connection to, to someone, but, uh, you know, right. They used to have, um, Oh, I'm blanking. Uh, Dre Bly. They used to have Dre Bly on the, on the, the roster. And then, Oh, look at that. They get every top recruit out of the seven, five, seven, which is where Dre Bly was located in Virginia or where he grew up. Uh, but they've, they've got out of the state of Georgia, a linebacker, Evan Bennett, a defensive back, Jaden Patterson, an offensive lineman, Aiden Banfield, a defensive lineman, Leroy Jackson, a linebacker, uh, Ashton Woods, a defensive back, Ty White. That is an offensive lineman, Andrew Rosinski, a defensive back, Zion Ferguson. That's all out of the state of Georgia. And obviously they, they still end up with quite a few North Carolina recruits. Malcolm Ziegler from Fuquay Verena, uh, a, a local guy, four-star, one of the top 200 recruits in the country. I think they're doing a good job. Jaden Patterson, one of those Georgia guys I mentioned, another top 200-ranked uh, recruit in the country. They're, they're finding a way to capitalize on the buzz that they have. But, you know, more so than most schools at their level, meaning at their level of success over the past, say, decade, Signing day means less to North Carolina because they've won signing day a whole bunch of times. They've signed top 15 rec- uh, recruiting classes in the entire country. They they know how to get it done in that way, right? Mac Brown, we've had Mac Brown on the show. Uh, we we talked with with Mac Brown at, at uh or we saw him and, and bouncing around and, and had a quick convo with him at ACC kickoff. Um, he's charming, right? I can see. Parents of recruits falling in love with that guy and trusting sending their 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 sons to go play for him. Like there's 
They've got a, a recruiting mechanism that is, you know, even after a, a brutal end to the season for, for the University of North Carolina, and even with uh, Drake May on the way out and Cedric Gray on the way out and Cayman Rucker on the way out and Tez Walker on the way out and all of these guys on the way out, uh, it, it's still they're a top 25 recruiting team in the country. And who's to say Mac Brown's comments about what Dave Dorn had to said following the regular season matchup this past year isn't used as a rallying call? It, it obviously Maybe could. there's a reason why he said it on National Signing Day. It obviously could. And and if, if it ends up working out for him, good for him. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it will. I think those comments were a little misguided. But, but you're right. Who, like, as far as recruiting, I will, not, I will not utter a negative word against North Carolina because they've proven. That coaching staff has proven they know how to get guys on campus. They know how to get high four and, and five stars and obviously the high three stars on campus in Chapel Hill. And looking at it again today, I mean, we could go through it player by player. There's a lot of players that are pretty darn good, right? And they're, they're the local guys that are always going to care about the ones from the state of North Carolina that are always going to care about playing for that logo and right in that shade of blue. Like that, that's going to be there. And then they have this, you know, kind of strange southeast part of the, the United States uh, pipeline rolling guys out of Georgia and Florida. And there's usually a lot of talent in those areas of the country. So, you know, on signing day, <laughs> it's almost like I'm sure North Carolina fans are even this way. Right, they're a little bit of like, yeah, we know we're good at recruiting. Right, it's it's um, you know that's not the part we need to work on, guys. That would be that would be kind of my vibe. It's like a Cliff Kingsbury coach college team, right? Oh, did you score fifty, great. Did you give up fifty five? Yeah, that's the part you need to work on. Uh, right, Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, you'd have the number one offense in the country and go seven and six. <laughs> it's because they were. Uh, given up so many darn points. North Carolina, you know, you you can recruit your your tail off, and you have. Now it's about turning that into you know a top ten season in the country. It's turning it into a college football playoff appearance once they expand. It's turning it into all those things. That's your challenge. But you're always good at recruiting.